0: Whatever you want to be into, it's here to be found. Amazing music goes down here in this town. I mean, and not just talking about, oh, well, it's the home of James Brown. It's like, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not just that. I mean, if you talk about uh, Jesse Norman, amazing, world-renowned opera singer right. from Augusta. Right. Actors out the wazoo Lawrence Fishburne. from Augusta. I mean, there, there is just something in the water here.
1: Welcome to Drop the Disc. This week, you may have heard of Le Chat Noir, but have you heard the story behind Augusta's counterculture theater right off of Broad Street?
2: Well, you know, you, you guys know how Augusta's... It's always kind of been a make-your-own-fun town. For Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And um, if there wasn't something here and you wanted to do it, well, it was up to you to just start it. Right.
1: It's kind of what we did with, uh, with our theater. In this episode, you'll hear Chris Bailey, one of the founders, and Rob Smith who runs the Black Cat Picture Festival, an international film festival, right out of Le Chate Noir's doors.
0: So the Black Cat Picture Show was, uh, the is still the only international film festival that is in the Augusta area. It is an adjudicated festival, which means we have judges uh, going into our sixth year. Obviously, we have a tight ties to Le Chate Noir sing as we are the Black Cat Picture Show. Uh, film Festival, uh, Le Chate Noir, is our home base. That's where the films are shown over the three-day weekend.
1: In this episode, you'll hear how this incredible team not only built Le Chat Noir from the ground up, but also created an international film festival made in the image of other well-known festivals. We wanted to fashion
2: ourselves after the big boys, like Cannes and Sundance. So we started looking at how they conduct their business and we pretty much just ripped it off. And it's on a considerably smaller scale, but we wanted to hold to that standard. And we have every year. There's been some where we were like, oh man, this is so close. We're like, no, 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 The cut line is the cut line, man. It doesn't
1: matter you know, where they're from or who they are. We can't thank you enough for joining us today. And we know that you're gonna enjoy this conversation. So sit back, buckle up, and listen to this incredible interview that we were able to do at Augusta Podcast Studio. All right, guys, this episode is presented, as all episodes are presented by our 2020 presenting sponsor, Nancy Powell of Powell & Associates. Ooh. Nancy Powell is a real estate broker in Augusta, Georgia. She owns her own business, and she is telling us right now that the real estate market is insane. And so what we are here to tell you is that if you are interested in real estate, if you need any information, you need to go to an expert. And that's exactly what Chris and I did when we were looking to purchase properties of our own. And so we are not only asking you to support our presenting sponsor, but we are telling you that she does a phenomenal job. She's super intelligent and she's going to do a great job for you. Get in touch with Nancy on Instagram at Downtown Augusta Broker. Shoot her an email at nancypowell1977 at gmail.com. If you are a person that is interested in getting into real estate, the first thing you need to do is arm yourself with knowledge and arm yourself with Nancy's
3: knowledge because she's incredible. This episode is also presented by our community partners. Yes, so one of our community partners is Little Guide of Augusta. If you've ever heard of them, uh, you might have seen their name on a Little Red Book, which is a guide to the city of Augusta, Georgia. They highlight all local businesses, boutiques, restaurants, Local podcasts. And uh, guys, let me tell you something. If you own a business and you want to be in this little guide, they are super easy to work with. We had a episode with Stuart Rayburn, and I'm telling you right now, it's a good business in the city of Augusta. They came, they told us a time they wanted to do a photo shoot in our business. They asked us and emailed us everything they want on the page, super easy. Was it super easy, David? It really was. And it's local marketing for local business.
1: And Absolutely. So, you know, Stuart and the little guy, I feel like they get you, right? Like they know Absolutely. where you are.
3: Yes. So look no further, little guide of Augusta, they will get your business out there to the city. That's right. And our second community partner goes right along with the little guide, And that is the
1: clubhouse at the cyber center. Uh, just like Stuart Rayburn with the little guide, we did just do an episode, I believe last month with uh, Grace Bellagia and Eric Parker of The Clubhouse. It's impossible for me to say in this quick time how incredible what they're doing is. The fact that they are bringing an entrepreneurial spirit to downtown Augusta, they're trying to grow the tech sphere in our business. And also, if you are working from home and you want a solution where you feel like you're in a professional space, why not go to The Clubhouse? You know, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to work in a great environment. And so we would definitely recommend check the clubhouse out. The clubhouse.se. The Clubhouse put the
3: period before the SE. It looks a lot easier than it sounds. So David, I'm going to tell you real quick that I absolutely love the Hive downtown Augusta. Oh, I think I know where this is going, uh, Chris. They've got great poutine. They've got a lot of good beers going on. And they've actually partnered up with Savannah River Brewery, which is our uh, fourth presenting sponsor. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. They are a drink sponsor of 2020 Savannah River Brewery. And, uh, I just wanted y'all to know that if, if you're craving that hive, uh, their food, they are actually catering on Fridays at Savannah River Brewery in the tap room. Right. And the incredible thing about the hive
1: is that they're, they have so much beer at the hive that all of the food that they're bringing to Savannah River
3: Brewery is all perfect pairings with different beers. Absolutely. The brewery, uh, Savannah River Brewery, they make incredible beers. They've got small batches going on constantly. They've got their session IPAs that are out right now. They've got their seasonals. They've got their flagships that are always there that you can expect for them. They are creating really cool names for all their beers, very nerdy. We love nerdy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I recommend Dungeons and Flagons, David, what's your favorite? Wonky Kong. Wonky Kong. Kong. So, when you go there, get those two beers, tell the bartenders you're getting them because of Drop the Disc podcast. And I'm just letting y'all know right now that if you have not been to the tap room yet, you are missing out. And, and stay tuned because we're going to have an announcement. Very
1: soon, about a really, really awesome collaboration with Savannah River Brewing Company.
3: Yes, stay tuned. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Chris. <laughs> hey guys, I'm David. We're Drop the Disc podcast. We're here with two special guests today, and we're going to talk about a lot of things going on in the arts community. Hopefully, and we are super excited about that. Uh, today, we are here with I'm Chris Bailey, the executive director of Le Chanois.
0: And Rob Smith, I am the marketing
3: consultant for the Black Cat Picture Show.
1: Excellent. And so let's, let's do some definitions yeah. real quick before we go into your background. Um, talk to us about, let, let's start with Le Chat Noir. Um, talk to us about a little bit of, of what that is. Um, it's a little black box theater on the corner of 8th and Ellis. Uh, if you've,
2: wow, uh, you guys look a little bit too young. Remember the Capri? Um, there was a, there was a hundred yeah.
3: Yeah. percent. Yeah. I won't even argue with that. No. <laughs>
2: well, you know, you, you guys know how Augusta's, it's always kind of been a make your own fun town. If Absolutely. Was, right? yeah. yeah. And, um, if there wasn't something here and you wanted to do it, well, it was up to you to just start it. Uh, right. It's kind of what we did with, uh, with our theater. Um, uh, we do a lot of the, a lot of the more edgy, more, um, contemporary improv, lots of improv, uh-huh. right? Yeah. We didn't have an improv group, so we started one. Uh, yeah. And, but that's about it.
3: There you go. And, and when did you start? When did 2006. Start? We're going into our 14th year. Okay. Yeah. And, and for those at home that don't know the French language, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do know what it means, but I just, for them at home. That's no, a fair question. It means the black cat,
1: but apparently if you
2: hit the T and chat a little too hard, it means something
1: yeah. And let's actually save no. this conversation for later. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we won't even bring it back up. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of people have heard of Lachette. I think I would be very comfortable saying less people have heard of Black Cat Picture Show. Um, so, so what's that? What's the background on that? So the Black Hat Picture Show was, uh,
0: the is still the only international film festival that is in the Augusta area. It is an adjudicated festival, which means we have judges, actually a judging panel that watches every movie. And if they pass the line of our cut, they make it into the festival. It's not just because you you know paid your fee are you in the right. festivals. There, there are festivals that are like that. And if you pay, you're in. But this is... One that we wanted to set ourselves apart in that, you know, you have to create a quality film to be able to be shown in our festival. We're going into our sixth year. Obviously, we have a tight ties to Le Chat Noir, seeing as we are the Black Cat Picture Show. Correct. Uh, Film Festival, uh, Le Chate Noir is our home base. That's where the films are shown over the three-day weekend. Um, But, yeah, we have films coming in from all over the world. And uh, every year it's been growing and growing and growing. It started out with... I think we may have had 15 or 20 films total entries wow. for the first year. Uh, this year, that's we... H-
3: that's a lot, though, for something that you're starting out on, though. Uh, um.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> that's a, okay. I've, That's I it.
3: I felt like I wow. sure. we'll give you your kudos for that. And, and yeah. what is it now going into the 60 year. It's close to 300? Uh, yeah. It's it? a little different. Yeah. yeah it's very much yeah. different.
0: So every year it's just been growing and growing. That's incredible.
3: So, so let's
1: let's take a pause and let's go back. Um, so we're talking about how uh, the Black Cat Picture Show has has developed and grown, but first we want to talk about how you guys have developed and grown. Uh, so let's start with you Chris, uh, not in Apples. Right, uh, <laughs> he looked at me. We all saw it. Right, right you looked. Yeah, it looked, yeah. It looked, yeah. <laughs> and he like uh, was tossing it. Uh, yeah. So, so let's <laughs> let's start with you, Chris. Uh, did you grow up in Augusta? I did not.
2: I was born and raised
1: in Saint Petersburg.
2: I moved here when I was about sixteen.
1: Okay. And and what brought you here originally? Uh,
2: Dad got
3: transferred. Was, gotcha. that, was, was that Russia or Florida? Uh, that was Florida.
1: Okay, I was just making sure. <laughs>
3: yeah. I didn't even know there was in Russia. I immediately thought Florida. By the way, much bigger deal if it was Russia, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I
0: mean, it could be a military. That's right. true, that's yeah. true.
1: So so you came here when you were 16. You went to a local high school? North Augusta High School. And, and did you decide when you were at North Augusta High School that you were going to start a theater in? downtown oh no <laughs> no and so right. how does that how does fact, that journey he, go he wanted how that, to get
3: out of augusta what did you want to do did at some point
2: <laughs> I, yeah yeah when i first moved here all i want to do is go back to florida but i mean this uh, this place grows on you um, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't i haven't found a city yet that i'd rather live in um like i said augusta has become uh, it's a great place to live but you might not want to visit here <laughs> we're trying to change that though. right right but when, when i was a kid um yeah, we knew what kind of town it was when um, it flooded down it flooded right. downtown, yep. and uh, uh, me and another buddy of mine who was from out of Augusta, we were uh, skimboarding on the Riverwalk, and um, they were showing pictures. They were showing footage of all these people with their homes underwater, and then they said, "It's not a silver, or it's a silver lining for some," and they showed us skimboarding on the Riverwalk, and my mother was just livid. She was like, "Great!" Like all this doom and gloom, and then there's your dumb butt out there
1: <laughs> playing in the rain. Like, yeah. Being um, a positive source of inspiration for people. Wow, uh, yeah, I think it's, that's a good spin on it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so tell us this. So, how did you go from a person that was uh, was it wakeboarding? You said skimboarding, skimboarding yeah. on on the flooded waters going to North Augusta High School. So, so where, where's the next step? How does this journey go? Well, we we uh, always had a, I guess a taste for a bit of the uh, the
2: subversive. Uh, I I like. Punk music and heavy metal growing up. Got and, it. You know, and around here, um, there wasn't a whole lot of outlets for that. But um, people started things like uh, like the White House and like Orwells and and the Capri. Uh, I was a little bit older when that came around, are uh, the Ranch. Uh, they had all these kind of like little punk joints, punk joints that
3: sprung up. Uh, this is in Augusta, Georgia. This is, yeah. See, yeah. see, we we had Coco Rubio on, and he didn't even mention any of what you've just said. Perfect. So. So uh, that's well, pretty say, cool. I thought he was. I thought his brother and him were behind the the, uh, the Capri. He did talk a little bit about the Capri, but not about everything else. Right, right. So, so I'm how saying, was yeah. that scene back then? Right. So you're
1: really into the punk scene, which like there's a pretty
3: strong, I
1: would say, art scene in Augusta, even right now. And I think a lot of that comes from that. You know, I, I don't think we would call it punk in 2020, but no. a lot of it comes from that kind of culture. Well, yeah, a lot of the, the Mohawks and the the mm. long hair are gone.
3: <laughs>
2: like, sorry, <laughs> it's but, morphed a little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're all <laughs> old dudes now. Um,
1: uh, so so you got involved in that scene. And, and kind of uh, like, what what were some steps that you start taking?
2: Uh, well, uh, again, one of the things that really molded me out of that was Augusta was kind of a well, make-your-own-fun town. Like, if you right. wanted to do something, you you started it. And yeah. everybody just kept it going as long as they could. Uh, I didn't get into theater until I got into college. And, um, and
1: was I, that here? Was that at Augusta? It was.
2: It was at Augusta College. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It was Augusta College. And, um, you know, I also like, thought theater was silly stuff Wizard of Oz and, and, right. and Alice in Wonderland. Musicals. Right. Well, yeah, things that were a little just light and fluffy and right. silly. And um, I saw a play at, up at the college, just changed my mind. It was, blew me away. It was uh, as is. Uh, Gene Muto had directed it like I said forever changed me uh, new perspective it was cathartic and i didn't realize theater could be like that fell in love with it fell in love with that particular style of theater and um i met a lot of the guys i met in uh in college what well, heck one of them was my, uh, was my business partner when we started le chat
3: so Some i i do have to ask later. were you a were you in the arts uh degree right i guess is Augusta College at the time, or did you go to a play because of humanities made you go, and then you fell in love with it? Oh yeah, that's exactly. I was in, I was on the the short track to
2: engineering. When there you go. I, wow, I was,
3: yeah. that's that's crazy. I, I
2: helped out because I was a master electrician on the play, and then I was just like I said. Then when I saw that saw it, I was just blown away. I, yeah, I changed my I, I changed to um well yeah I changed to theater and I did I think I actually got my degree in film and broadcast, but.
1: By the end of it. Okay. And and so let's take this pivot now. We've had Rob sitting here very patiently and very kindly while we've kind of gone through this. So uh, <laughs> did you
0: grow up in Augusta, Rob? I actually did. Yeah. I uh, grew up in Harrisburg, which okay. is, in, you know, fro- on the other side of Frog oh, collar, yeah. from right. oh, yeah. I Grew up in Harrisburg and uh, went to Richmond Academy. That's okay. where I graduated high school. Um, I started in theater in high school, actually. So uh, I've always had been into the arts of some sort. Uh, I played trumpet in middle school, joined the choir in high school, as well as the drama program. So my theater was a lot of musical stuff, all the funny stuff that, <laughs> that Chris was like, "What is this crap?" Yeah, so that that was me. I was the crap, um, but um, also. Uh, uh, Mr. Westerfer, who was the uh, drama teacher that I got, a, he he had an amazing way of teaching theater, and uh, we did Shakespeare and not just the the silly stuff, and could really break that stuff down, and it it really had a big impact on me. I was I've always been a fat kid. I am still a fat kid, and so uh, being able to find my people uh, in the theater was was something that you know I didn't realize that I needed until then.
1: And so, so, Chris was integrating into the art scene uh, via uh, really engineering and and helping <laughs> with that. I assume that that was not the case for you. Were you a front man? What was it that you were that originally kind of brought you into theater? A
3: main character? that's what he meant. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, that it was it started out in just the because, again, I was just, I was the nerd. I was just the, you know, just, I was very into the words. Just uh, biding lang- your time. Language has always been something very precious to me. And uh, the the way that words fit together and the way that the written word can change somebody's ideals, can also make them feel something. And to be able to take those words and bring them to life uh, was, was something that uh, could allow me to not be... The shy, friendless, fat kid, you know, in Harrisburg. Allegedly. Yeah, it, it allowed me to put on the persona of someone else, right. and to to put that, you know, the, the the worries of the day behind me, and to put on, uh, you know, the the veil of someone else. So that's that was, you know, where I was, and that's that's what uh, what drew me to theater.
1: Could could you tell us the first play you start in?
0: Uh, the first play that I was in was. Uh, the Midsummer Night's Dream. I was uh, Peter Quince. Okay. So I was the director of the Band of Fools. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, Excellent. Yeah, how much has changed for you?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so, ARC, um, you know, uh, Chris was at uh, Augusta College. I don't know if you guys met each other there, but what was your journey like after high school? Did you know that you were going to continue to stay in the arts or did you have something else you wanted to do?
0: So um, I, I went into the workforce. I didn't go to college. Okay. Uh, okay. So uh, I actually started working in radio at, in freshman year in high school. Wow. Uh, I, my first gig I was telling Chris was right here next door at the Lamar building on the 14th floor at
3: 96RXR we just had Davis Davis Beeman in here yeah and Austin Roads and Austin Roads and, and, and they were both telling us that that's what that building yeah. there was a floor there for radio mm-hmm. that was the 14th floor 96RXR um, Jeff Wilkes was the
0: owner of the station but that's where I got my start as an intern uh, editing editing together sweepers and promos to go in between songs uh, running the board Um, and again, putting on a persona as an on-air personality, uh, the cool thing about, I remember is the main studio was there on the 14th floor and it looked out over Broad Street and that window would open up and I would sit in that window and hang my feet, feet out over Broad Street. So, I mean, it was just (laughs) not sure
1: they let us do that here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was just a cool
0: thing to do. So, so that was my first on-air name was Rob Overstreet because I was literally over the street. I love that. I love this so Um, far. But yeah, Damn. so that's that's how I started and met some great folks uh, in radio uh, that are in the Augusta area, and I just, just got that bug. I just got bit by that bug. My first paying job was actually in Greenville, uh, and okay. it was a Saturday morning show for six hours from six to noon uh, at a... Christian station in Greenville, so I would have to leave here at like three in the morning to drive twenty five wow. to get to Greenville, and it basically it paid me enough for the gas.
1: That's what it sounds to like to do that once a week.
0: <laughs> but um, just fell in love with that, and again, being a persona, being able to entertain, right. uh, there was something about that that just that just really clicked with me, and then uh, going from. Uh, radio. I found uh, friends in television as well, so I learned how to do uh, television editing, and I okay. worked for some of the news stations in town and post houses, doing voiceover work, but also doing on-camera commercial work and things like that. So, um, and then coming back
3: full circle, doing theater, finding this amazing human here Shut and Chris. Up. When what 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 was the spark? Like what happened? How did y'all meet?
1: Right. So actually, that, that's a great point. So you're in college discovering that, hey, all of a sudden, I like the arts. Uh, it sounds like, Rob, that you had seven businesses going on. <laughs> uh, is, is that close <laughs> to
3: accurate? That's just about right. Seven yeah. in Augusta, one right, in Greenville. One in Greenville. That's yeah. a part-time had some in, job.
1: Had some in Atlanta, too. So, so. so how did that meeting happen? How did you guys get together and say, hey, this is what we need to do?
0: Well... The, the meeting came about. I worked in Birmingham for about four years in radio. We uh, didn't did, even get
1: to that. that that's <laughs> incredible. I, okay. I
0: worked in Birmingham for about four years in radio. And one of the things that I got back into there was... I
1: have to say, you do not seem like you have the accent to do a radio show in Birmingham. Did you ever get I, feedback about that? <laughs> How
3: do you mean? How do you mean? <laughs> oh. Gotcha. Thank you. Chris. That's what David's trying to say.
0: Yeah. I, I will tell you one of the greatest things I learned in, early in radio is you never, never talk down to your audience. So, well, and, and so I, had, I just deliver deliver the facts. Okay, and right. They they either like me or they don't like me. That's and, probably that's what I've been doing on, wrong. That's, that's
1: what I've been doing wrong <laughs> And and that comes from I had a friend from Birmingham in high school, and he always used to complain because he was like, "There's only country music stations out there, and there's only country out there." So that. I was just curious. I was imagining you as a country DJ, and I needed some help. (laughs) It was this. It was this this
0: voice saying, here's Trace Adkins.
1: (laughs) Anyone can say that. Right. (laughs) So I apologize. So so the meeting between you two. Uh,
0: So when I'd come back, uh, well, while I was in Birmingham, I kind of uh, got reignited in theater there in Birmingham, uh, doing theater. And when I came back to Augusta to be a marketing director for a radio cluster here. Uh, I promise I made to myself was to continue to do theater. And so I had to find places that I could do theater, some of it with with the Augusta players mm-hmm. uh, that are here in town. Uh, and then through that and connections and doing shows, uh, I found Le Chat Noir and Chris. and uh, it was just a it was just a magical moment. Uh, <laughs> we just had a magical moment. We did. He passed a magical moment. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so, so it was that and finding people that are that are passionate about their craft. And Chris is probably one of the best directors I've ever worked under. Stop. stop. <laughs> um,
1: and, and I think Chris made a good point. Let's take a pause. Chris, how did you get into directing? So we haven't even done that yet. So you you were volunteering last time we last time we checked in on you. You were volunteering at the college. Uh, so so how did you go from doing the electrical work to falling in love with with the play to becoming a director? Oh man. Um, well, once I got
2: bit, I was I did every position I could. Yeah, um, yeah you did. And yeah. <laughs> And this a family-friendly show, sir? No, um, I mean, seriously, Built sets. Yeah, yeah. did it all. I started out in stagecraft, and then one time uh, one of the directors walked through, and he said, are you going to audition? I said, no, I don't act. I do everything else, but I I don't act. And he's Hmm. like, no, you're going to audition. The costume designer's going to start running lines with you now because he wanted me for a specific part, and I started acting. And and, um, even after college, well, well, not even after college. While I was in college, I met... uh, uh, I met some incredible people here in Augusta. Uh, Robert Coleman was one of them. He went on to teach theater at Yale, and um, he introduced me to Trey Maxwell. And I ended up getting a job at the Imperial, and um, soon I was uh, I was the uh, tech director over there. And um, uh, I went from college to the Imperial, and I was there for, geez, I don't even know how many years. And then um,
3: we we did ask Rob what his first position was. As an actor, like what character were you? Oh yes, I would yes. love to know. Oh, man. You know, if I had to pin it, I'd say a Gaston. <laughs> really? Yes, you're ah, is so he right? welcome. Is he right? It looks like you're right. No, it sounds like Rob's making fun of me, making fun of him, yeah. and I'm not doing that. <laughs> <You're right. laughs>
2: no, um, my first role it was
3: it was a, quite a transformative
2: role. I played the uh, Gingerbread Man in first grade. Mrs. Wells directed that
3: one. Okay, so let's speed up to... (laughs) Let's say serious performance. Maybe 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. In the ages ages of adulthood. Oh, oh, right, right. (laughs) I love it, though. I can see it. I can see it. The Gingerbread Man. I did, a, I did a lot of roles for uh, Gene
2: Muto in college that felt like work roles. like They, they weren't like dream roles, like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. They were roles where I learned a lot right trying to create that character and having him you know beat me with a stick along the way. Um, and I played a lot of fun ones. I played Dracula. That, it was fun. Oh. didn't right. learn a whole lot because I was terrible back then. But <laughs> I think... Um, uh, he he. We did a, a Bertolt Brecht play, uh, Life of Galileo, and I played Andres, Andrea Sarte, and it was um, that's where I learned the most. And then I did Mercutio, and then I was out. And uh, I'd say Mercutio was my favorite at, in college. Just that's a because, tough role. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, No joke. Yeah, and we kept the Queen Mab speech, which was awesome. <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, yeah. Uh, but um. That's that's where I think and I and really by the way, Mercutio,
1: what presentation is that from? Because I just realized that a lot of people probably don't know that
2: Oh, it's from Romeo and Juliet, right, yeah, right, and, I, and we did it period, and it was um it was it was it was a great play all the way around. I think faculty members that I know still still they see me to go, "Oh, Mercutio, and that was like thirty years ago, so. whoa, <laughs> that means you haven't aged no, I've aged him. not a not a <laughs> single day um so so you're in
1: directing,
2: yeah. Yeah, like I said, uh, um, and then once we got our own theater, right? You kind of have to do everything. You wear right. all the hats. So at some you point.
1: really weren't directing until you you started a theater, Is that, right? Okay. Yeah, that so, almost became by attrition, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible yeah. way to start something, but it's, <laughs> it's it'll it'll help you learn whatever you need to. Right. Um, so so let's go to the founding of Le Chat um, because it sounds like we're pretty close to that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, a fellow I met uh, in college. Uh, professor Doug Joyner. He's up at the college now. He's, he's a professor there. Okay. student when I met him. Um, in, incredibly talented man. Uh, he went off to VCU and um, got his master's. When he came back into town, he wanted to do some theater. I had an art gallery at the time. Yeah. We, did, we did a show that was a little off the walls. Lee Blessing's Two Rooms. It's not well where, known. Where was the art gallery? It was uh, at 1036 Broad Street, Mount Helicon. Okay. okay. Uh, so we just did this really
1: small show. And what year? Give us a year right oh, now. Oh, Jesus, man. 90 something 90 it's so like late 90s kind of the, yeah probably okay. late 90s okay. so you've been in you've been downtown Augusta for over 20 years doing art one way or the other yeah I think so that's incredible that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. That's something guest on would do
0: <laughs>
1: um, so uh, so you, you started an art gallery downtown on Broad Street what was the inspiration for that Oh, um, well, once again, there was a lot of art
2: not being represented around here. Artists Row back then. There were a lot of yeah. amazing artists. Yeah. But, it was, uh, you know, they were pigeonholed into putting up duckies and bunnies and paintings of the 13th hole and
0: right. wildlife
2: paintings and landscapes. Yep. And uh, we opened up an art gallery and we did a lot of the weird stuff. And what we found was uh, even a lot of the kind of more prolific painters around here started giving us their, you know, even though they had duckies and bunnies and 13th hole, they started giving us their weird stuff. They're like, oh, here's some abstracts and here's some nude oils that I did. And, you know, uh, so we had had everybody from Randy Lambeth to Russ Bonin. And then we had, uh, you know, and and then we had a lot of the more contemporary artists like, uh, well, at that time, some of my favorites were Blaine Prescott and um, Andrew Benjamin uh, putting their art in our really gallery, because cool. there so, wasn't a gallery downtown that was hanging any of those guys.
1: So, if somebody was to walk in that studio, can you illustrate what they would see? Like, if you walk into Westaboo right now, you would see different collections of artists based on when you come in. Was it consistent, or was it always changing? Oh no, we had different shows every month. Okay, and yeah, and and the, the art
2: scene has come a long way. I I don't want to say they weren't adventurous. I think they just got kind of in their storefront they had to put out what they thought was going to sell so they could make their rent. Of course,
1: right. And uh, Everything's yeah. a business at the end of the day. Yeah,
2: yeah absolutely. Well, yeah, so um, anyway, when uh, when, uh, right. when Doug came back uh, we did this show in our gallery and we didn't think anyone was going to come to it because um, it's a play no one had ever heard of and it was depressing and it was about being a an hostage and it was just... So you
1: <laughs> didn't want to sell tickets. You just wanted to do well, it for
2: Well, we, yeah. We, 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 again, we, we never... We did the play because we liked the play. Right, we, yeah. Right, that's... Is, we didn't do it to, for any other reason than we really liked it on the page and we wanted to tell a story. Okay. And uh, we did it and we sold out every night and last night we had people standing around the edges of the stage because we sold more, than, wow. more seats than we had. So we thought, man, there might be a market for this. Yeah. Um, so... Fast forward, we found one of our friends, Thomas Cooper. He gave us a play called Killer Joe by Tracy Letts, and it is like a whiskey fueled acid <laughs> trip. It is bad. It's like, it's rough. It's violent, sexy. And yeah, none of
3: that sounds pleasant. It, it sounds interesting, not, but it does I not heard, sound pleasant. I heard the word sexy, and it does oh, yeah, sound yeah. pleasant somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, then we
2: were looking, I didn't have the gallery then, and we were looking for a place to do a play. Okay. So we were just going to kind of hit it and quit it and rent the buildings. The, uh, the The old Capri was up for rent. It had been for many years. It 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 had rotted from ceiling to floor, mm-hmm. and um, and we were just going to rent the place for like a month or two, do this show, and then get the hell out. But uh, the dude that owned them, this is probably a really bad story to tell. They became available. The dude that owned them, while we dragged our feet on it. The dude that owned them died and left them to his kids. And they were just like trailer park folks who didn't have a whole lot. They couldn't even afford the taxes on them. So we bought the buildings, um, and,
1: uh, and we were both low income kids, and
2: we'd met a couple of other folks to be partners with us. But... So you
1: ended up buying the old Capri. Yeah. And, and it was just out of circumstance. You hadn't intended to buy it. It just kind of fell in your it laps. And literally you said, fell in your lap. Hey, right. I might as well pay all this money to fix this place up, right? Yeah. It, yeah. That, that's exactly it. it. It was a cheap building to buy because right. it was in
2: such bad shape. But um, it was, a, it's, it's, when I say it's ongoing, it's, uh, the building's over 150 years old, and it's. Um, I mean, like, right now, I've got right. repairs
1: to make. Right. There's always repairs and, to make. And this is and, Le Chat right now that we're talking about, the current yeah.
3: as-known Le Chat. And, and that would explain why the mirror does this on the, the bar, a, right? And yeah, Chris mirror, is making it. a diagonal with his <laughs> hand right now.
2: The
1: place I'm just is, kidding. No, it, <laughs> I love it. It's, a, it's got a sorted past. Um, okay. It's very cool Pat. And, and so, so Rob, when he was opening the Chat, were you a part of that opening, or were you later?
0: No, I was much later. I, I didn't even know that there was a being called Chris Bailey in the world at the time. So, so
1: you were still in, in Birmingham at the uh, time, you think?
0: If we're talking about late 80s, uh, I mean, late 90s, I was actually... I was can't that? talk about the late 80s. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't born yet, right? <laughs> 91, yeah, right uh, here. Yeah, so if it's, if it's the <laughs> late 90s, I was actually... Uh, probably I was I was in town, but I was at uh, Y one hundred and five. Yeah, uh, doing okay. doing nights or overnights at Y one hundred and five uh, during that time. So,
1: so how did the meeting happen? How did the conversion of these two entities that did not know each other exist? It looks like happen? they did well, rehearse this. Yeah, no. <laughs> <seeing> Chris's <laughs> face. He's like, he's like
0: darting. <gasps> well, it, how it, did it, we meet? It, it it all came from That's a a, a common, yeah <laughs> a a common friend, Dwayne Brown. Oh, uh, that really, guy. Uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> that guy.
0: Because uh, let's, let's you know, give credit where credit is due. Uh, I think Dwayne was the impetus of uh, the Black Cat Picture Show because he Dwayne was. is a filmmaker. He's an excellent filmmaker. I mean, if you an go by how writer, long it takes for writer. his films to be made, I mean, he's very prolific. <laughs> uh,
2: he's a, he's, a, he's an even better actor
0: and, and writer. Excellent actor, incredible writer, uh, and he just what's, what's something he's
1: put out? I want to plug it. Come on. Uh, if you go to our,
2: i say if you go to our YouTube channel, you can see him in some of the plays. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Does, man, like I said, th- there's. Does, in, in, he do his, in, does he do improv?
3: Does he do improv?
2: No, he mm. lives improv. He'll yeah. say he won't do improv. Like I said, you guys are lucky. He's not here because that man.
3: Ooh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to be putting in bleeps
1: and cutting it. Like That's happy. okay. We had George Clausen last week, so I just uh, I just see. spent four hours putting that together. he's got a bit of a sailor <laughs> sailor's mouth sometimes. <laughs> this will not but be on. It's the okay. I'm a great editor. <laughs> none of this will show up. Oh, perfect. But, perfect. So, so you guys got matched by uh, Dwayne Brown. We mutual friends now. Dwayne yeah. was there at, when we
2: started the chat. Okay. When I say started the chat, I mean like he carried in the boards that we replaced the floor with. Literally. Wow.
1: Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Ground floor.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: And and, um, um, and Dwayne comes from a film background. Linked mm-hmm. y'all together. And then magic happened after that.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Dwayne kind of uh, the first year, because I didn't, I actually didn't come around until second year. Um, the, he said, let's do this thing. Let's go in. And, you know, we had our 15 films and well, it was like, well, what are we going to do now? So. Uh,
1: and so formally, Le Chat started in what year? Two thousand and six, and you guys linked up in what year? Uh, 20, I'm
0: looking at six years ago, so 2014? 2014. 2014.
1: 2014. So, okay. so there was nine years in between that we're kind of not going to really be able to get too in depth in Chris, yeah, yeah. but you basically during that time, you and Dwayne, did you guys build up Lachat into what it is now? Oh, physically, there were other. F- uh, yeah, Dwayne was certainly
2: yeah. There were there were other folks too. There, okay, were, absolutely. there was um Richard Justice. I'm mean, like Doug Joyner. Doug Joyner was my partner up until just a few years yeah, ago okay. when he finally got tired and bought him out. But um Was there it were a lot tough? Of was it successful out of the gate? It was sustainable out of the gate. Okay. We we didn't hmm. we we learned and I, you owned I the building. Say, so that made it a little easier, I'm sure. Right. And I think we realized quickly that we lacked business acumen. Um, that we were going to compensate for like in a, with a quickness because um, everybody in our group, were, they were, were extremely talented artists and the right. product we were making was fantastic and people loved it. But doing like one show every other month was not great for right. business. So we had to figure out other things to kind of supplement. We just didn't go into it with a, a clear business
3: model in mind. Yeah.
2: We just wanted to do some shows.
3: So, So y'all do shows. Is it like Augusta Players where the actors are volunteering, or was it... How does that work? How how does it work for you all? We do company auditions, uh,
2: usually over the summer, and we draft from that pool for the plays we're going to do upcoming.
1: So So you will create, uh, and and if I'm wrong, correct me, an in-house company, and then you say, okay, we've got this group together, let's put on some performances. Let's work together to put this together. Right. Okay.
2: And we usually, uh, our artistic director gets together with all the other directors and we choose a season. Okay. Usually that kind of reflects the current climate and we try to do something that's a little accessible at the beginning and, and like close with a musical, something funny to start with. And in between we do all the weird political or crazy stuff that Dark you don't stuff. care about people shows us. Right. Us <laughs> yeah, pretty much the, the, th- the stuff that makes you think
1: that people don't like to watch. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> And uh, and yeah, yeah. So you kind of slowly built this reputation, you figured out how to do business. Yes, you that started, was the hard part. You started bringing in these companies, and now we will fast forward to when you and Rob connect to each other. And, and at this moment, did you guys connect specifically to begin the Black Cat Picture show, or had that already been started when Rob joined?
0: Yeah, like I said, I think we'd gone, uh, the the film festival had gone for about a year prior to me okay. joining the team, and um, that was Lachat. That was an in-house. Well,
2: we we uh, really Dwayne. We started okay. this. Um, not to throw it back on him, but um, <laughs> all blame falls on Dwayne. Dwayne uh, Laura, Laura Plosher, she used to run the Imperial. She started the Southern Fried Flicks. It was a regional film festival, mm-hmm. and in its first year, it did it did okay. And then in its second year, it blew up. And we had just opened Le Chat, so it spilt over into our place. Mm. And her daughter was showing movies at Le Chat, and I was showing movies at the Imperial, and it was great. And then in the third year, she and the Imperial parted ways, and we were like, uh-oh, what happens to the film festival? The Imperial, she, she said, well, I'd love to do it again, but it doesn't really belong to me, it belongs to them. And the Imperial said, we're not doing it, but we're not letting anybody else do doing it. Doing it. Eh, we're going to let anybody else do it. So then we didn't have a film festival. And in that original group, Laura Plosha got Tim Johnson, Dwayne Brown, and, and Pucas, myself, and Trey Maxwell
1: together to put on this festival. So okay. I'd I met Dwayne then. But and we this is year one of what we know now as the Black Cat Picture Show. No, no. no, no. Dwayne, Dwayne's <laughs> oh, been
3: mentioned a lot. Dwayne's yeah, been around since. We, we, shout out to Dwayne. Yeah, <laughs> shout out.
2: We, we pitched it to Westaboo in its okay. second year, and um, they, they were a no go. Uh, and then we sat on we sat on the proposal for another four or five years. Wow! And then um, we finally dusted it off and had that sort of look. We all want a film festival. There's nothing going on like this. Let's yeah. just Let's just do it. So we everybody reached okay. into their pockets and, and do it and see it what happens. And when you
3: say there's nothing else like this going on, you mean in Augusta or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. the U.S. Oh no, no, no. So okay, we just mean in Augusta. for right. people at home, just wanted yeah. to say that. Absolutely
2: right. Yeah, uh, there wasn't an adjudicated film festival in Augusta at the time. The, the one we had fell by the wayside right and um there didn't seem like anybody was picking up the mantle to
1: okay. start and, another and so from what i understand we're talking about 2010 is when you pitched the idea to westaboo and then about four years later you kind of brought it back at La chat noir yeah okay yeah. we realized we were just gonna do it ourselves
3: okay and and so let's because you live in augusta georgia and you just do it yourself that's, right. That's what you have to do. You create your own fun. Yeah, you do.
1: So let's talk modern day now. Um, you guys are here. We want to talk about the Black Hat uh, Picture Show. And you guys are clearly, uh, Rob and Chris, a, a partnership now uh, with, with potentially other people. Um, and and you told us in the beginning the Black Hat Picture Show started with 15 uh, people requesting to be in 15, it. 20. Uh, yeah, 15, some, 20. 15, yeah, 20. And now around you're there. at 300. Yeah. So talk to us about what that looks like from your perspective. Like, what does that look like? Why is that significant? Where are these movies coming from? So, I mean, we have films coming in from all around the world. And I think that's the thing uh, is, is
0: this isn't a local festival. Yes, it's held here in Augusta, but it's not just all local film artists. Every film artist that is local is eligible to enter the film, Mm -hmm. uh, enter the festival. But you are putting yourself up to be tested. Yeah. Against our panel of judges. And if you pass the test, you make it to the festival. We had our first um, Augusta uh, films in last year's festival, I, I believe. So. Uh, actually, we had two. We had our student film was from a student that was at a uh, U. <laughs> and then we had Tim Johnson. Uh, he had his short made it into the festival. Now, That's these cool. folks have been entering the festival for years And not making the cut. And I think that's the thing that makes the difference with the Black Cat Picture Show being adjudicated is the fact that not only are you showing films that are better to the audience that is here because they had to pass a bar to be shown. Right. But you're also showing the filmmakers, hey, I think you can do better. If you if you're wondering why this you sound like a snob, no, no, but that's I mean, but that's the thing. That's you know, when you're like, hey, this this film made it, but yours didn't. Why did that one make it and mine didn't? Yeah. It's like it's going to challenge you as an artist, as a filmmaker. It's like okay, I I can. You know, and that's the thing is I think uh, we offer uh, you know feedback to these filmmakers that don't make it in. Uh, Dwayne is an excellent festival director, and he will talk to anybody if they they're like, "Hey, how come I didn't make I'll go it?" Check I, their score. Yeah, he'll check their score and be like, "Yeah, you really comments. you really got docked on your pacing, or your sound quality was not good, or and your video quality." Like,
1: it's incredible that you guys do that because, and this sounds weird, but negative uh, feedback is really hard to come by. A lot of times when you're in artistic fields, because a lot of people won't tell you what's wrong with what you're doing, they just won't let you in exactly you're absolutely right about Um, that so so i'm curious actually like so a lot of people will know sundance as like a film festival Mm -hmm. um they might not know any details about it but they've seen the sundance movies and all that so like compared to like a i would call like a bigger indie festival like uh what are some differences or are there any differences between a festival like that and and like a black hat picture show festival
3: uh, it's good that you asked. Um, Thank you. That, that was so, my question. He stole it. Oh, <laughs> He wrote it down <laughs> and I just jacked the He's piece of like. paper.
2: Uh, when, when we were going to, when we wrote up a, a proposal to do a film festival for Augusta, uh, we wondered, when we were doing our own, instead of bringing Southern fried flicks back from the dead, it was, right. a, it was a regional film festival. And pretty much if you were in the region, you were going to get screened because that meant butts and seats. Right. And we didn't want to do that. We wanted to fashion ourselves after the big boys like cons and Sundance. So we started looking at how they conduct their business. And we pretty much just ripped it off. And it's on a considerably smaller scale. Yeah. But we wanted to hold to that standard. And we have every year. There's been some where we were like, oh, man, this is so close. We're like, no, 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 The cut line is the cut line, man. It doesn't matter, you know, where they're from or who they are. And I think that served us well as far as programming goes because now that we've, you know, and we've been to other film festivals and you watch the program, and some, some programs that are a little more lenient or they're more of exhibition programs, the quality of films aren't, aren't as tight. And, um, and, and I think that's one of the things that makes ours uh, uh, exceptional. And in our first year, we had people come from as far away as Japan and London. To our little theater on the corner of Ethan Ellis here in Augusta. It's so, really cool. Isn't
3: it? Yeah. And and is this something that like oh go ahead, Chris. Okay, I'm sorry. you sure? You yes, sure? Yes. Okay, okay. So so for those of at home though that aren't familiar with the film festival, how long are films? Uh, are and, they and what does and, it look like, yeah, like to be there? Is or even, you know, I hear black cat uh, picture show, most of us millennials will think black and white films. So Is that something that you know? What are the films looking like? How long are they supposed to be? And if you go to the festival, what is that experience like? So with the festival, the way we have it laid out is
0: we have five categories. So people that enter they enter one of the five categories. We have feature length films, which those films can run anywhere uh, north of forty five minutes to you know two and a half hours, uh, depending on what the um, what the film is. Um, and we also have a shorts category, which means that they are going to fall below 45 minutes. Uh, we have a student category and that was just kind of open, you know, if a student wants to
3: create a feature and enter it in the student category. Okay, great. And when you say student, you mean high, like high school? Can be a student, or is it usually college student? Um, Just it, can curious. Be, it
0: can be. It could be any any. So there's college. no limitations yeah, to that. College student. Okay. We had, I believe, this year we had. Um, I saw some high school. Okay. You know, okay. films come in. Uh, I don't think they made the cut, but they did come in. Right. Um, That's cool, though. But uh, so so we have student. We have feature. We have shorts. We also have documentaries. So the documentaries okay, very again. Cool. Um, run the gamut of, they can be short documentaries. I mean, it may be a 30-minute documentary or it could be we had one that entered last year. It was a three-hour and 45-minute documentary. Oh, uh, it did not make it. On, on what? Do you remember? A little bit too
1: long, boys. Uh, Come yeah, back
0: and try again. Yeah. Was well, it I'm, on your life? No, it was not on my life. <laughs> okay, you saying my life has been too long? Is that what's going on? you <laughs> had a lot of jobs. I have a lot of jobs. I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of stories <laughs> that go with that. <laughs> um, but uh, that particular one, I believe, it was it was basically a three-hour and 45-minute conspiracy theory. <laughs> Uh, it, it I would love was. to watch that. Do you have a copy <laughs> of that? No, unfortunately, <laughs> we do not. But see, that's the thing is that so all of our judges have to watch that, okay. and right. critique it, you know, based on our uh, rubric against everything else and how how was the lighting? How did the, you know, how was the pacing? How was the you know? Because there are sometimes you see a long movie and it it feels like you you right. were you were you know not even in there thirty minutes, right? Uh, and sometimes
1: it's the opposite.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and then we also have an animation category that is a new category that we added. I think two
1: years ago that's, uh, because that's, we had a lot of really people cool. doing yeah.
0: animation. So we're like, hey, we we need to have a specific category just Absolutely. for animation. So
1: so let's talk a couple of details because I'm I'm interested in this and I think a lot of people may not have been to one of these shows before. If I was to go to this show. Is it multiple days? Uh, do I go on certain days for for animation versus shorts? How does that work? And do I know in advance, or is it when I get there that I find out? We put a program together so you can see
2: what the blocks of films look like. Okay. We try and mix it up. We try and so that so that you don't we just don't have a block of students. Students are mixed in right. with the shorts, and then they'll play, a feature will play by itself. Um, but uh, like Friday evening, that's the the filmmakers reception at the end of the evening. We'll show a feature, and then we'll show a block of shorts. Okay. And then um, Saturday day we'll show some of our foreign films and our documentaries, and then a block of shorts, and then a break, and we'll come back. And then Saturday night is kind of Saturday night's kind of where we put all of the suspense, horror, thriller stuff.
3: That's cool. Date yeah. night.
2: Yeah, so well, we, we get yeah. a lot of it. We get a I'm lot sure. of that. Yeah. Uh, Friday night's sort of our action-packed, Tarantino-esque badass stuff. Right. And then I'm Sunday. Bring the whole family, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then Sunday we do our kind of laid back, all the feel good stuff. But we do, instead of just having a block of this, a block of each category, we mix the categories up. Okay. So that it's more thematic. And um, so Sunday you might see a documentary feature and then a
1: block of shorts. So so I'm interested in this. You, You guys received over 300 applications for the last one, for the last festival. Out of that, let's say you get 300 this year. I'm not 100% sure how. You probably have already gotten your your submissions for this year. But um, how many of those 300 will make it to the festival? I think we have
2: 50 films showing.
0: Uh, I think it's closer to around, I think it's 35 or 40. And is that
1: intentional? Do you have a cap or is it just anything that rates over a certain... Yes, yeah, it it's the ones that rate the line. And so okay. the
0: ones that made it over the line, we, they get a pass
1: to be So there's be, no quota. It's just whoever is right. good. So, and it,
2: if we have too many, like we really judge it by hours at that point as far as programming okay. goes. So everything above a certain point value gets in. And if it's, if it's like three or four features, then you really got to find a place to put these things. Right. Um, but we've always said if, it, if, we have, if we get to the point where there's that much above the cut line, we'll add a day. Uh, we'll add another mm, block, okay. so we'll add
3: time I'm Go curious uh, who are the judges are they local judges oh, thank you for asking. Are, they, are they international
0: so, well you, we can't tell you who the judges <laughs> that, are that's fine <laughs> you don't have them. to but yeah. are they
3: all local um, some, so are, are. some are local
0: there are some that are regional uh, we okay. do not have any that are um, international it, at this particular point but we do have some that are regional we do have some uh, from the other side of the country but they are all that's really local. cool yeah, and we've got about a dozen judges. And yeah. uh, to get a better pool of the ratings, every judge watches every film. So every judge
3: watched Ooh. 300 films this year. To We're, we're complaining about and, editing right. episodes at the podcast studio. I could not imagine. I want to say it was around <laughs> 64 hours total Ooh. in film. So like if you started <laughs> and
0: watched all the way through, it was around 64 hours total in film uh, that you had to watch, uh, and judge each, each one. So wow.
2: But would they start watching, but like in February, right?
0: Oh yeah. Or yeah. They well, should. Well, <laughs> they should. Yeah. It, and that's the thing is like, so as soon as the film, the, the process we use, as soon as the films come in and they're available to be judged, you can, you can judge it the next day that it, that okay. it made it into, so that they it was get submitted like a packet in
1: like February and, and let's clear this up. What, when is the film festival?
0: Oh, geez, That's coming up in a couple of weekends, August 21st through the 23rd.
1: And is it um, always like the third weekend in August? Oh, roughly, yeah. Basically? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they get their packets February, essentially, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then they have all, what, when's the deadline? When do you guys oh, yeah. know who's going to be in the festival?
2: We open up uh, submissions pretty much the day the, after the, the festival. Yeah, yeah. The, for okay. the next, for the wow. following year. Okay. And they can, that's the early submission uh Date. that uh, february
0: yeah i think no no, okay. no no so so we do a early bird submission so the day after our festival closes we'll start taking submissions for 2021 got it so the early bird is usually you can enter by december 31st of that year and then it goes into our standard deadline and then we have a late deadline as well uh late deadline this year i think it was I think it was uh, it was a, May, yeah, May twenty fourth or something like that. Okay. And then it basically that gives everybody all right, everything's in. That's going to be in. You have a month now to right. watch sixty four hours worth a film if you've not started, and judge them because we make our announcements on July first to the ones Got that it. made the cut. So again, thirty
3: three hundred films and we have like forty that made it. Okay, wow. So okay, forty people that made it all over the world. Do they come to the festival to see the reactions that their film gives or do they kind of just submit it, they're glad that they got in it and get their recognition. And let's talk non-COVID here. Right. Let's, yeah. Let's yeah. Obviously, yeah. obviously. This, this is in the past, have do people all over the world come and I'm guessing they bring their families as well. And yeah. so Augusta is being recognized on a whole nother plane. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and 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 we've had people come from uh,
0: Ireland. Last year, mm-hmm. he came in from Ireland. Uh, we always had,
2: get some from New York and California. Yeah, New York, California. We've made some friends. Like they've come back year after That's year. That's really from, cool. From New York and California, yeah. th- mm-hmm. and they they do. They bring their spouses. They bring their kids, and we look forward to seeing them. That's awesome. We've had some
0: from, like I said, from Japan. We've had yeah. some from uh, Russia. I think Spain. It, it's it's. This year's probably going to be different, though. Right.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right.
1: So I, I do want to ask about how this year is going to be different. Um. Well, Give us an idea. What's a, uh, obviously like you guys are probably still developing what this year is going to look like, but can, do you have an idea of what what's going to go on, what's going to be different, what's going to be the same?
0: Well, one of the things that is going to be different. Normally, we offer day passes, okay. so you could buy just a Friday pass or a Saturday right. or a Sunday. It's a three-day festival. Uh, this year, we are only doing uh, full festival passes. Uh, because of the limited seating, if you've, if, if, you've yeah. bought, if you've bought a festival pass, we want to make sure you have a seat. Right. Uh, so, so that is one thing has changed because before we would have people that, that do and they come and they watch every film that we have. Um, and then people will just, oh, I just want to go to the Friday night or oh, I just want to go to the uh, awards ceremony on Sunday evening. Uh, this, it's only the festival pass um, and you, that way we can guarantee the spacing and guarantee that you have a seat for the entire festival.
2: But yeah, it, um, we have reduced capacity, Right. and um, we we've made we made an allowance for. Even then, when we sent out our RSVP, we had a, a good handful of filmmakers write us back and go, "Yeah, I'll be there." <laughs> but right. I think, but they're usually within a few states, so they're probably driving in. I mean, you know, man, it doesn't help that Georgia's up there with like the top four
3: states for. It does not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. But I can honestly say, if one of them comes from out of town, we'll have we'll have brought more tourists to this city than
3: There you go. ...than
1: anybody else? Anybody, else anybody. Up to this point, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so and and it'll still be in in Le Chat Noir that yes. people go to watch this, right? Yeah, yeah it's just going to be like half less than half the seats, and, right?
0: Uh, and Le Chat if you've never been there before, Le Chat is what's called a black box theater. So it's maximum capacity is
3: around 100 seats total. So you have so, what fifty-ish passes? You'll on right, around, around it's, fifty. It's so. a, it's a very. I would. I've always called it intimate. It's a, a it very is. intimate. A, you look familiar. Don't uh, <laughs> we we met at a improv show. Brandon um, Dawson introduced me to you. Brandon Dawson, friend of the show. Yes. Shout out to Brandon Dawson. Brandon. Brandon. Brandon's Brandon. really helped us with the WJBF We hear he's also, hilarious. Yeah. He's oh also, my god, and he's an incredible improv guy. guy. I love him.
1: Him, him actually, and his <laughs> wife. Him I, I want to take this tangent actually. I'd like to shout out some local actors that you guys work with a lot. Yeah. Can, do you guys think you could do that?
2: Oh my god. Yeah.
3: I'll start. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know Brandon Brandon Dawson. Brandon Dawson. I love work, <laughs> I love working with him and his Ryan wife. Abel and, and Dixie. Dixie. Oh, Ryan.
0: Yeah. Yep. Ryan Brian Abel. Jake Rops. Jay Starks, Jay. Whichever, whichever he's going on, going on by Starks. this
3: week. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Antonio Scales. Oh, Antonio, yes. <laughs> Dwayne Brown. Dwayne yeah. Brown. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all right. had uh, Michael Fortino. Michael Fortino. He was in Stranger yeah, Things 2. And he's
2: also the artistic director of there you uh, go. Stringer's Cat now. Yeah, okay. he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica King, or Jessica Bailey.
3: He, a, he's <laughs> actually Coco he's Pratt. actually going to be on the show next month. So we're really? excited about that, yeah. I wonder what he's pushing. Is he going to be doing... Uh, his... he, he's just going to be talking about... Being a local, and what and why he wants to move back to. Again. Not so, everybody has specific. Yeah, not everybody plans. has. Oh, you know, no business plug. There's someone out there that's gonna want to hear Mike about Michael Fortino. Right. right. Oh, we love him. You, that, you know, we love Fortino's him. great. We've,
2: I've been working with him since he was six. That's man. crazy. Wow.
3: <laughs> so, so, so
1: let we're we're about to close out the show. So I, I do want to ask. Uh, we we kind of brought up COVID a little bit. Um, and and it's so hard to talk about. But in an industry like like yours that's so dependent on in person, at least historically, that's so dependent on in person interaction, what kind of future do you guys see yourselves building with Lachat and with this festival, you know, in this COVID environment? Because we don't know if next year will be different. Um, so, so what kind? Of, do you have a prognosis? Well, um, we're looking into. Live streaming and trying to monetize that. Okay. Because,
2: I mean, still, it's a business.
1: Right. <laughs> um,
2: as far as, man, nothing just beats being there in person, though. Yeah. But a lot of things, we, we're already starting to adjust, like catering. We, we have uh, one of the best caterers in town, the Corny Cook. She's not doing buffets. She's doing, like, plated. And she's serving, you know, one-offs. And it's just a lot, a lot of little things that are going to make it, I don't know, I guess, less homey and... and uh, but.
3: We're but just gonna safer, have to deal with it. Right? Safer, yeah. 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 We're just gonna
2: have to deal with it and, and see how we we've we've got a pretty affluent crowd that they're good with rules and they're good with like oh yeah keeping their distance and mm-hmm. wearing their mask when they're not drinking or something. Right. But as far as like what the future holds, I, I, I don't I, I'm like you guys I don't think we're gonna get back to to packing the that theater packed you know, house. with shoulder yeah. to shoulder. I right. think we've got to adapt. Right. I'm not exactly sure what that looks like yet.
0: Okay, and I mean because it's a We're it's a, it's, a it's an interesting uh, interesting you know realm to dive into as far as a film festival goes because one of the things filmmakers like to do is to have their films on a festival circuit for a smaller audience to see how well they do because they may actually take it and re-edit afterwards right. depending on how well it mm-hmm. was received and if they have a distribution you know opportunity well they don't want their film. On the internet already, right, having been right. shown on the internet, so it actually could detract from people entering the festival if they're like, "Oh, well, there's this online component." And I'm like, yeah, I, I can't. My distributor, you know, will not allow us to do that. Right, so, right. so there's there's so many different levels of this that we have to look into, aside from the you know the most you know preeminent part of the health and safety of our patrons, but also how do we take this festival, you know, continue to grow it.
1: Uh, in light of this, as well. Do you guys get a lot of crossover with like, a, like a Sundance, like other smaller festivals? We do. Right, right
2: now, one of our entries, one of their laurels, is from Cannes. They were an official selection for Cannes,
0: Cons, Cannes, Cannes, France, from France. France. No, it's Canada. Yeah. So right? <laughs> I mean, we, uh, and that's the thing is, uh, <laughs> filmmakers when they are on the festival circuit. They're on the circuit. They are. They are pushing it to like, hey.
1: Who so can, this is who like can, when you write a book. This is like you're going around to, to you who, know, Barnes who, and Noble. Yeah, yeah. I guess who likes it.
2: And we like our. Um, there, there's a there's a local dude. It's uh, it's astonishing he's even here. Um, he, he's the guy who started Holly Shorts in California. David Souls or Daniel Souls. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, this guy. Um, he's, his 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 uh, film festival was going on for a good many years. He's an Oscar qualifier now, so wow. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that would that would be. He does only shorts, but it would be nice to get into. It'd be nice to to say that to that, work into that. Yeah, to, yeah that Black cat is an Oscar qualifying festival. That, that's kind of why we started out using the big boy rules from the get go, because
1: you knew you would build up to
0: that
2: point. We well, hope to. You knew we you hope would. To. That's we hope right. to. And that's,
0: yeah. uh, we've grown every year, and right. um, I think the one of the largest uh, growth gaps that we've seen. Uh, This past year. Well, this past year and the year prior where we actually started to be able to do like cash awards, so it's not just trophies; oh, right. it we is offer, cash awards yeah. as well. Um, so for filmmakers that enter in, they it's win, probably a big deal for people. It is. It is. It, it, I mean, it it got a lot more people entering. You know, some people don't. You know, some people like Tchotchke on their shelf, but you know, having a few extra dollars to help pay for that next project right. uh, is is big. Or so, with the editing, yeah, absolutely. So so it's uh, so like I said, and to get to a point that we can now offer that, and and then add a new category and offer you know, cash prize for that as well. It's just, it's continuing to grow. And I just hope that something like COVID hasn't caused it to, to stagnate. You know, it's okay if we, if we, you know, have to kind of stay level for a little while, but then to be able to continue to move forward. Uh, We just
1: don't have that perfect, algorithm yet right anyway so i want to ask one more question before before i let chris cap this off um and it's a personal question so if you guys for any reason don't want to answer this i understand i've been told before that sometimes i ask uh trick questions or trap questions uh but i don't mean it to be that way i'm interested though if either of you have like a favorite presentation that's come through the black cat Pictures show uh that people could like look up and watch like any recommendations
0: let me tell you this the, the one that we had win last year for Best Short Narrative, it's called A Scorpion's Tale. Oh, you like that one. By Josemar Vasquez. Uh, I don't know if it's available anywhere. And that's a, again, that's the thing, is when these movies go into festivals, they don't necessarily go anywhere else outside right. of that. Uh, that short, I would watch as a Netflix 10-episode series in a heartbeat. Really, it was probably it. It was my favorite of last year's festival.
3: Off the top of your head, do you know where that film came from in the U.S.? Uh, actually, I think it came from Mexico. Wow, excellent! Yeah. Wow,
0: so that's incredible. Uh, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was it was like a, a spy kind of, but not even a spy, but like a a thriller y It was just. It was great. It was great. Could you give us
3: that name again? One more time. Uh, I'm sorry. The,
0: I think the Scorpion's Tail? Scorpion's Tail. Yeah, T A L E Tail.
3: Oh. Josemar Vasquez.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: if you want to see our winners from last year, you can check them out on our website, blackhatpictureshow.com.
1: Incredible plug.
0: While you're there, you can also purchase your tickets for the weekend coming up August 21st through the 23rd. How much are they? Uh, 50 bucks. And Fifty bucks for, for the, the, the weekend. Whole weekend. That's the for the whole, whole weekend. weekend. And that includes the artist reception that'll be on Friday night. It's and then catered. as well as the, the catered artist reception on Friday night. And then we do a brunch on Sunday morning as well. Um, so, but, David and
3: I will be there. So that I was just that about covers to say that. I'd actually like to do that. Me too. Uh,
0: and if you look at that website, you can also actually see what the blocks are already laid out. So our films that made it in, we've already laid the blocks out. That's, that's great. Uh, that's one of uh, Chris's big uh, headaches that he goes through, and he's okay. done a great job of lining up our films for this year. Uh, also want to give a shout-out to the boys over at Wages of Sin. Wages of Sin. Stephen Gilliam, oh, Dan yes. Beck. Uh, our Saturday night film usually ends with a special presentation of the wages of, sil-
1: wages of Sin Award. C-I-N-E. 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 I love it. Wages of Sin. C-I-N-E. I love it. Um, and by the way, Chris, before we go any further, I do need you to talk closer to the mic towards oh. the end of this. <laughs> Sorry. I was desperately trying to look up the, uh, the film. I know.
0: But the boys of Wages of Sin, they've been a part of the festival for uh, a few From year one. Yeah, from year one. And what they do is they go through the films uh, after we've chosen the, a, a, and and they are they will like see the ones that have the most heart in them. I gotcha. don't know mm. I don't know of a better way to put that but they are in that horror genre because that's what the boys at Wages of Sin do. Uh, they are in that thriller horror genre and they see the ones that like most people would call a B movie right or a C or a D yeah. movie but can
3: tell that there was so much heart in that film and they win that special award. So actually uh, wages of sin was brought up in a conversation we had with Brandon Dawson uh, a couple months ago. They do a, when October comes around, they do a, yeah. It's every day. Yeah, or thirty-one days of horror. Thirty-one days of horror, and it's, thats what that is. Yes, I've heard of this. We have heard of this, and yeah. just real quick, if you want to do a plug for him while Chris figures out whatever he's doing over yeah. there, yeah, absolutely, right.
0: Yeah, so, uh, um, so Wages of Sin usually does a thirty-one days of horror. Um, it depends on how they do it from year to year. Uh, one year they did different directors every day. I was one of the directors. I directed a short horror film. What's it called? Um, uh, Wrong room. Can we find it? You can. You can find it on the Wages of Sin website. I mean, their YouTube channel. So okay. if you go to Wages of Sin, C I N E, look for Wrong Room. That was my film uh, during the uh, 31 days of horror. Also, um, <laughs> sometimes they do a theme like, okay, all right, uh, there, you know, every film in this is going to continue is going to be a continuation of a story, uh, and each one is dropped. Uh, with a different director, it just depends on what their angle is for the year. But uh, yeah, those guys are prolific. Uh, They're great film enthusiasts yes. here in the community, and and you couldn't ask for nicer guys uh, to work with or to be friends with. Yeah, they
2: cultivate they cultivate the film uh, scene around here. Like they'll take on anybody and teach them whatever they want to know. That's awesome. They create projects for people to get involved in, and usually, well before the covids hit at our place, they did uh, The Night of Sin. Every last Friday, they showed a really bad movie <laughs> yeah. that was usually somehow pretty good yeah, Like right. some of those like you know 80s f- right b- bad 80s films that, movies that had like you're watching you're going man this is absolute oh wait that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> <How> did, <laughs> you... did his um, arm
3: just come uh, off yeah. Is that?
2: but yeah honestly. I'm just assuming honestly no it, that's pretty close to it <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah they called it a night of sin so. that's okay. cool
3: that's cool
0: so did you oh, find Yeah.
1: what's your favorite movie come did on. you find your I favorite favorite movie? Movie?
0: And, and, and Chris actually was one of the directors last year I believe I was one of the directors. Both yes, of oh. There Yeah. go. excuse me. Sorry,
2: but um, uh, I got two. Go for it. Okay. Bless yes. Bless Me, Father by oh. Paul Horan.
0: Yes. Yes. Our, our, that
2: was two years ago. All right. Okay. No. He's, uh, well, he's our Irish director. Can we watch it anywhere? Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's he's got a he's got a Facebook page for it and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bless Me, Father by Paul Horan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then this one, uh, it's on IMDb. I think it's already been released now. It won our best feature, and it's just lovely. This is a film for everyone. It's called Octave, O-C-T-A-V,
1: Every stuff. time you say something, Rob aggressively nods. By the way, I just want these films were just—they were just phenomenal, man. I mean, right. you got
0: to think the, uh, I've been doing this with them for five years, so there's a ton of really. I mean, again, that's one thing about the adjudicated well, festival really is ones. the the movies are great already. Right, They've right. already passed the judgment to to be in the festival, so we present such really good films to, you know, the audience here in Augusta and also the <clears> folks <throat> that travel to come here. One of the coolest things last year is um, we had some folks in from New York and normally we're like, hey, well, so which film are you associated with? And they were like, no, no, we flew here for the festival. That was like my, like, all right, touchdown, cool. We made it, <laughs> we made it. Somebody actually flew to come to the Black Cat Picture Show not to not to be a part and support their friend or right. to or to do anything like that or because they financed
1: the movie no, you freaking cool yeah they came to the festival to come to the festival that was so cool and and uh, Chris uh, Octave. Is there any way people can watch Octave? Uh,
3: I think it's been distributed now. Um, you said IMBD, I would assume you could yeah, yeah. Google it's, it. The director and is find
2: it.es cebit.j. Uh,
3: oh yeah, him. So, yeah. so probably on Limewire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bad joke. outdated <laughs> joke. Torrance. I don't know. No, so yeah, what's the best way to watch that?
2: Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't YouTube, tell you. YouTube? I couldn't tell you. It's probably, okay. It's like I said, the film is Octave. Just Google T-A-B. it.
1: Google it. Yeah. Google the film
0: Octave. O- I don't know. Yeah, we okay. had, we had one film one year. Uh, was it American Satan? Oh yeah, that's. Uh, it, it it actually had some really big name actors. They were Game in it. Thrones yeah, it was really. Yeah, and it showed here. Oh, and Malcolm McDowell was in that. Malcolm film. McDowell was in that film. Yeah, I mean, so it. it, it so just because, Just because it's Augusta doesn't mean that yeah, you're not going to get. No, that's what uh, we're
3: here for. Yeah, yeah, you
0: get you get like you know world class films, and that's again why we have this scale that they are adjudicated to give you high quality films. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think I saw that film on. Uh, on iTunes, like you could, wow. rent, you, okay. it had gotten where you could rent that's it on really iTunes cool. or whatever. So, so Absolutely. and that was from a few years ago.
1: That's awesome. And, yeah, and
2: check out Paul Horan if you can. Everything, okay. Horan, everything he's directed.
3: Bless is me, Father. Freaking amazing. And <laughs> this show is great.
2: His movie from last year too was great. Just didn't win.
3: Okay, that's incredible. David, are you good? Like, I'm good. Am I about to put a bow on this? I'm interview? ready for it. Okay, so this is a question for both of you, and it's the same question, but it can't be answered the same way. I'm just kidding.
2: So it's like a race to go first. Hopefully <laughs>
3: you don't. No, we'll pick who goes first. <laughs> right, 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 right. So if y'all want to chug your beers and then... I'm <laughs> just kidding. Was it one of those kind of questions? No, it's not. Chris no, did it, by the way. It's a very easy, very easy question, uh, especially if you love the city of Augusta, Georgia. If not, um, buckle up. <laughs> right. So we're dropped the Disc podcast, and we all know most of us that have been in Augusta forever, the disc comes from that nasty term disgusta so we're trying to drop that from that terminology and so what we ask every guest on this show for the past year is what does dropping the disc mean to you or if someone were to walk up to you and talk negatively about this city what would your answer to them be right and we'll let chris go first because he's watching me and rob is googling something (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say start with Rob. Just catch him off. Catch him off. <laughs> what? Hey, what, what, what? Hey, what? No. No, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Yeah.
1: The transplant.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I think one of the things that I hear the most, that bugs me the most, is there's nothing to do. And I'm just livid because I've been to too many shows in this town that mm-hmm. were phenomenal shows, whether the Imperial, the Miller, or the bar down the street. And there was nobody there, but they were mm. phenomenal shows, right? Like this town has brought in some like incredible talent and, um, nobody comes out to it. And then they want to complain that there's nothing to do. Um, I think that's one of the things that, uh, that, that ekes me the most or, or I mean, nowadays yeah. it's COVID, but right. but, right, right. but over the years, that's one of the things that's always bothered me when people complain about nothing. I'm like, man, have you looked like on most nights, there's too much to do. Like Ooh. I got to decide whose joint am I going to if I if exactly. I'm not at my own joint. Yeah, and um and even right now there's there's a lot of cool stuff. like like have you, if you guys heard have you guys heard about Peter's dime museum? He's oh yeah, yes. Chris is in I love with that love museum. Peter Echo. He's a, he's a great guy and he's a lovely man. Yes, him and his whole family. But um but uh, yeah, he's got a great joint.
1: Of course, you know it's stymied now.
3: It's, right, yeah. yeah.
1: But um. And it's interesting you say that about the shows too, because we just had uh, earlier this month for our Augusta Rock series, We had the Village Dicks come on. And I had never heard them before. It's a band. I'd never heard them before. They're incredible. And they started playing and I was like, They're so good. <laughs> like this is incredible. Why are they with why are they here? Why are they not in Nashville right now or, or in, you know, Miami? Like, why are they not doing something insane? Like and they did a riptide cover and I was like, I would pay fifty dollars for your concert. Like, why are you and so I, I would like to emphasize what you just no, said about that. the talent. Like, yeah. it's incredible. Whether we're importing or whether it's right here, I can't right. tell you how many
2: times I've gone to other cities and sat there in theaters like, or man, guys, wherever, And I'm gone as good.
1: Uh, yeah. Like, there's yeah. folks back home in Augusta yeah. that
2: would wipe the floor of these We folks. had Scott
1: Seidel come on, and this was months and months and months ago, but he's the director of the August Players. and Seidel. Oh, and, Cheadle. And oh and one Saddle. Thing, one thing. <laughs>
3: however Ooh, you pronounce Saddle. it. Depends <laughs> how many drinks hey, you're Scott. in.
1: I say Seidel. <laughs> Do you speak honestly. German? Is that why? Uh, my family is German. Bash is a German last name.
3: So, so is no, Navholtz. Yeah. I just learned that about We're yours. We're on the same
1: page. Well, I it's thought actually, Bash
3: was American or it's something. It's actually Bastl, and we changed it, <laughs> but anyways. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, there's a little more to this.
1: But <laughs> we had Scott on, and, and he said, I've toured around the country, and I would be at a loss to tell you cities that had a better artistic and acting scene then Augusta with the Augusta players in La Chat. And it was like, that made a big difference. And R- Russell Joel Brown, mm-hmm. uh, you know, big big performer on Broadway, standing beside him, nodding in agreement. It's Decided incredible to, to hear them come that. to Augusta, Georgia right. and reside here. And so you guys yeah. talking about people coming from Mexico and coming from New York and coming from Japan, like... That just the rising tide. You guys are just lifting each other
3: up. It's incredible. Okay. But I, I kind of
1: did cut you off, Rob. It, it is your turn to answer the question.
3: Same question, by the way. I'm not going to repeat myself. He doesn't. What was do the question that. again? <laughs> 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 I was I was sending I was sending YouTube links. He did send us the link though. So. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. So you cool. can you can. So it's not a break. joke. Just you really you would. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're Drop the Disc podcast. What does Drop the Disc mean to you? What we mean by that is if someone someone were to come up to you in Augusta anywhere and just talk negatively about the city, what would your response be to them? I think just open your eyes.
0: Open your eyes because there is so much life in this town. It may be like, it may not have the lights on, you know, 24-7 like Times Square in New York, but I can tell you this, people don't live in Times Square in New York. They may walk through it, but they don't live in it. So, I mean... If you keep your eyes open and you see what's out there, if you search, it's not going to fall into your lap in most cases, but it is out there, whatever you want to be into. It's here to be found. Amazing music goes down here in this town. I mean, and not just talking about oh, well, it's the home of James Brown. It's like, no, no, it's, <laughs> so it's
2: now he's Alabama. Now he's <laughs> now that was, that's Alabama. That's how you did yeah. the voice, or
3: no, is it, or is it Savannah River Brewery that is giving him that accent? Yes, exactly. That's from Savannah, <laughs> Savannah, Georgia.
0: Um, but it, it's it's not just that. I mean, if you talk about Jesse Norman, amazing world opera singer right. from Augusta. Right. Actors out the wazoo Lawrence from Augusta. I mean there there is there's something in the water here. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you just gotta drink it. You just gotta drink the water. Oh, that's weird. And, and and you, well, I'm not like it, I love the, it. It's not like out in. of the Savannah, Is but you know. You just, no, but no. I'm just so I'm saying, you got to keep your eyes open uh, because uh, whatever you're into, I believe 100% that you can find it here. You can find your clan. You can find your people uh, here in Augusta, whether they be theater people, music people, whoever they are you know if you if you got a podcast you want to go i hear there's a cool augusta podcast there is like llc out there there's that you can you know that you could join up with <laughs> but seriously i mean if you are looking for it it's on you if you haven't found it in augusta
1: okay
3: I well, love that answer. I think that's a good bow.
1: Yeah, you guys are great. Uh, Rob, Rob, Chris, you guys were incredible. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks thank for you. having
2: us, man. And thank thank you. you for
1: what you've done for the city. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's such a huge deal what you
3: guys are doing. And if there's anything we can do to help you in the future, please let us know. Absolutely. And, and we will be going to that website to purchase weekend uh-huh. passes. You mean
0: blackheadpictureshow.com? Yes. That's, that's the one. That's, that's the one. one.
3: Cool. www? No, no. You don't well, we've need It's moved the 21st century, bro You don't, you don't need, need that. Those triple You don't, don't need it anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just blackcatpictureshow.com <laughs> And we're also on Instagram And the Twitters yeah. And Facebook the, the You can Instagrets. find The Instagrams <laughs> uh, You can find us on Twitter I think it's uh, blackcatps
1: And LeShot's doing General performances As well right now, right? We are um, Yeah, yeah Over the summer We kind of slowed
2: down A little bit uh, We're Schrodinger's hang- Cat Yeah, we're, right. hanging, we're hanging On Schrodinger's, Cat Which is an
1: improv group Comedy improv uh, we
2: got Huge a burlesque. fan We got a burlesque Troupe coming from Savannah this month as well.
1: Also, huge fan. <laughs> but yeah. Well, that's great. Um, thank you guys, and and to the listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, we will be in your ears, doing our Augusta Rock series, continuing with Bodega Cat. That's absolutely right. Oh, We're so nice. excited yes, for that. And we are super excited. I would be remiss not to mention that I'm currently drinking a whiskey sour that Chris made me. Yeah. from the All Equal Parts bar right. that we just set up. Uh, so I'd like to shout out to Zach McKay about yeah. All Equal Parts for setting us up with this incredible liquor.
3: Absolutely. I am sipping on the Rittenhouse uh, Bonded and Bond uh, whiskey that All Equal Parts also Gave us too many, too many different brands. So many things, so many things, and I, I believe y'all, y'all been sipping on Savannah River Brewery. Oh man, absolutely. What what are you sipping on, Chris? I wasn't exactly sipping, but yeah, right, right, right.
2: (laughs) No jacket. The no
3: jacket. No
1: jacket. Yeah, that was named one of the top ten best drinks while golfing. In wow. the US, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'll take up coffee. If you, yeah, if, yeah. if you haven't
0: tried the Blonkey Kong, you need to definitely try that out. If you're a fan of Tropicalia, you you should actually try the Blonkey Kong. It's really
1: good. And now we don't have to record an ad for them. Thank you. Thank so much. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll expect my, uh, my my percentage. Your percentage is that beer. So uh, cool. He's said two, so he owes you money. Right. That, right. Yeah. would be five bucks.
3: Uh, no. Thank you guys so much for being here. We and really appreciate it. Us. And if if you like this episode, right. please rate us, review us on apple Podcasts, we love to hear your review we love to know how we can get better at this and we would also like to know if you like us yeah make sure you tell a friend (laughs) or if you hate us i don't care make sure you tell a
1: friend if you like us if you don't like us don't tell anybody
3: right there you go we're out